Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. God knows I'm so, I'm so in love with my church. I am, man. I'm so in love with y'all, I tell you. This house here, praise God. I'm not tearing down anybody else's house or anything like that. I am just home team. <laughs> God bless everybody, everybody. We're going to start off and pray just a little bit more to continue in with the spirit. So if you could just join me in prayer, you bow your head, speak to the Lord in your heart. Father God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this space and this time, and we thank you for the house. We appreciate what you want to say to us today. We decrease. Let you increase. Your will will be done. Your word will come forth. You said the word was near us, even in our mouth to speak it. You speak the word. We receive it with gladness. Father God, we thank you for being a good, good father. We thank you for shifting us from the past. Even if the past was this morning, <laughs> we thank you for shifting us so that we can receive with your grace, with your love, with your abiding presence, you will speak to us now and you will not remove us from what you say. You will not remove us from what you have planned. In fact, we declare right now in Jesus' name that we won't forfeit for we know that the battle is already won. The end has already been set. And we will walk this thing out and accept and receive what you have already done. Your finished work in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, fear. Fear factor. Bless God. So, we, we're going to continue on in this subject. I hope everybody got something out of the homework. I have to tell you, I did. Homework was pretty simple if you weren't here. The homework was just to... Take the word of God and allow it to arrest your fear. So if there was something that you was worried about, if there was something that you were thinking about, if there was something that took prominence over your day-to-day, -day, take that, grab it, get the word of God out, apply word to that particular situation, apply word to that particular thought, to that particular emotion, and let the word do what the word does. And Pastor Jay was talking about that this morning, but so many times we want to get into a rush of doing things ourselves. but the word will do the work. When Pastor pulled out the scripture and began to read Psalms 103 and, and started, started off and talking about what God has already said, if you can just find yourself in the word, if you can just find that moment in the word that's speaking to you now. Now this book was inspired years ago, but it's speaking to you right where you are today. Pastor Jay, he, he, he messes with me, man. I'm telling you, I love this guy, but he messes with me, man, because when he started talking about how God spoke in the beginning and he set the foundation from the beginning and he set the end from the beginning and he started saying 
some things. And those things continue on and continue on and continue on, continue on. And how God is outside of time, but his word is perpetual. So it just continues. He's, he's never trying to become he is. He told Moses, tell him I am. I am. So he is so absolute that there is nothing for him to gain or to receive. He doesn't put anything out there waiting for it to happen. Because when he speaks, he speaks out of the totality of who he is. And this is where we have to check ourselves. Because Genesis 1.26 says something very interesting. It says that he created us. He said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. This is God. And he's talking in totality to himself about his creation of who we will be or who we are to be. And he says, I'm not going to form you like anything else that's been formed. I'm going to form you from the fullness of who I am. I'm going to take it slow today. And we're going to have an experience today. I really want you to understand what we're talking about today. Because see, this is foundational. Because fear can't rob you if you know who you are. But the problem is many of us don't know who we are. And because we don't know, we might have heard it. Because we don't know it, we allow things to terrorize us that doesn't have any right terrorizing us. And this week I had to be real with myself. There was things just pop up, boom, boom, boom. And I had to recall who I was. And that's where that book comes in. That's where having an experience with your Bible comes in. That's where the word comes in. Because God is the word. He's absolute. When he says it, it is. It's him. It's not becoming. It's him immediately at that point. And what you have to do is establish that for yourself because the issue is not in what has already been done. It's, it's in what you believe. It's already been done, but that's not the issue. The, the issue that we run into is what do we believe? Who do you say? That you are who do you say that he is in you how do you view yourself there's something that we say constantly and I, I think it's a cop-out sometimes I myself have said it I'm only human I'm only human is another one that we say won't nobody perfect but God Ain't nobody walking this earth perfect but Jesus. The Bible says this. I want you to turn with me. We're going to leave the teleprompter alone today. I want you to have an experience with your word. Go to the scripture, Ecclesiastes, chapter 7, verse 29. Ecclesiastes, chapter 7, verse 29. <laughs> yeah, 
I'm changing up a little bit, but it's going to be all right. I just need to establish one fact. Now, we know Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon. Solomon, nobody like him in wisdom in the earth. This is what God said about Solomon. Now, so if God is the one that's writing your press, you good to go. All right? So 729. Solomon says this. <laughs> he says, Lo, the only, this only have I found. The only thing that I got out of life is this. That God hath made man upright, but that he sought out many inventions. Now, I'm going to tell you where I'm going with that. You can read it in many different translations, but I'll tell you what this means. Solomon says, this is what I realize. <laughs> this only top priority, this is the first thing, this is the principal matter. This is the top. God created man upright. That word upright right there means like him. Another translation will read perfect. Righteous. Righteous means to be in right standing with God. That means that you can't see from where you end and God begins. <laughs> Now, this is the creation of man. Now, this is Solomon telling you. I'm telling you I've, 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 I've got wisdom and I, I got a lot of area and I got a lot of money and I got a lot of clout. But I'm going to tell you one thing that I see. It just can't be changed. God created man upright like him. Okay? Now, the word there says made man so it, that same word made is the same word in the garden where God formed the man it's the same word so it's talking about him actually forming the man we just talked about Genesis 1:26. he said when he formed the man what was in his mind let us make man in our image and in our likeness so this is talking about the total work of what was put into creating you this is what it was. He made you righteous. He made you connected. He made you just like him. He made you have the ability in the earth that he has over everything. He gave you a whole kingdom. He gave you everything that you would ever need and ever want. If there was anything that you can ask for, you can stop it. He made you complete, total, lacking nothing. No lack. There is not a resource that you have to wait for, look for, anything. He made you completely, totally whole, righteous, like him. Does God need any help? Does God need anything? Does God ask for anything? Why would he? He's got everything, right? He made you that way. The issue is not, did he make us this way? Because the word is telling us that he made us this way. The issue is, do we believe that he made us this way? So now the B part of that verse says, he made us this way, but here's the problem. Men, 
seem to try to find something else. They are just digging and searching for an answer when the answer is already provided. But that's just not good enough. So they are seeking out other inventions. The word inventions here can be translated to schemes. But if you look it up in the Hebrew, it's actually talking about mental capacity. It's talking about a setup of thought, a structure in how you think. God has provided everything that we would need but men. God made man in his image and in his likeness but men. The issue that we have with fear is not external. It's internal. And we have a problem with trying to devise schemes and networks of thoughts to produce what has already been produced. It's finish means it's finish. You can tell it in any word you want. You can change the language. It's still going to mean it's finish. But we try to create a gap so that we can attain what has already been given. Lo, Solomon now, the wisest cat says, it don't matter. God created us like him. But the problem is, men see themselves like schemers. They got to try to figure this thing out. They got to try to grind it out. They got to try to work it out. And when you do that, here comes fear. Because now I don't have everything. That's how, let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. So now, we're talking about fear. We're talking about us. We got to keep it real. Everybody go to Genesis 3 and start at verse 1. Genesis 3, 1. I want you to save these. I want you to highlight these. If you have it in the Bible, I want you to write a little note by it. If you actually have a physical Bible, if you have your phone and that's what you do, just highlight it in the Bible app or something. Come back to it, revisit it. Because the issue is you have to have this experience with your word. Because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done and we do the benediction here, you need to be able to have an experience with what is actually inside of you. And the only way you're going to access that is through his spoken word to you. His promise to you. How do you fight fear? We're going to talk about that. But you can't fight it from outside. You can't wait for us to preach a message. You can't try to find the next YouTube fad. You can't run on the words of others. The way that you're going to really fight fear is going to have to be from an internal place. So let's look at it. Genesis 1. Uh, excuse me, Genesis 3. And we'll go to verse 1. And it starts talking about old Mr. Satan. Okay. So it says, Now the serpent was more subtle, devious, conniving, strategic, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, God hath said, 
ye shall not eat of every tree of the, oh, excuse me, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree in the garden. Now, there's some fundamental things here that's already been displayed. First off, Genesis chapter 1, where we were talking about verse 26, if you read in around that area, you'd find that God created every beast and he gave man dominion over them. So here's the first thing. Eve is having a conversation with something that she actually is in control of. And she is trying to receive something from something that is actually supposed to be receiving instruction from her. Because he was a serpent and he was created and it doesn't matter what embodied him to make him start having that conversation with her. The truth is he was beneath her. She had rights over him See, people say this. Why didn't God just step in then? Why didn't God just interrupt the conversation? Because God gave dominion to her. Why didn't God just deliver me from my personal issue? Because God gave dominion to you. Why didn't God remove the fear from my heart? Because God gave you power over the fear. So here goes Mr. Beast, Mr. Serpent, Mr. Sneaky, Cunning, Conniving, having a conversation outside of order. And she's going to talk to him. And not only talk to him, but allow him to take a one up over her and tell her something that God hadn't said as if he's been talking to God. When the fact of the matter is, is that the only thing that had communication with God in that time was Adam and Eve. Because that's who he gave dominion over everything. Have you ever, I've been in management for a long time. so I've worked with a lot of people and I've had people who come in the company and they, they don't have a respect for structure. And because of their lack of respect for order, they just want to go to the top. So there's no sense of going to the next level and talking to the person that's immediately over you. Instead, they want to bypass all of that. And I want to talk to the president, CEO. I want to talk to the person who created the company because I'm telling you what this needs to happen. And ain't nobody listening to me. Order is established to create a controlled environment to make something operate in the way that God intended he brought order to establish or to maintain, I should say, what he had already established. So he established, if you will, from the beginning, everything that was going to be done and needed. He put all of the goodness of the trees inside the trees. He put all of the goodness of the animals inside the animals. He put all of the goodness of the environment inside the environment. He did not come to anybody else to say, I'm giving you the ability to create the tree. Man never created a tree a day in his life. But he was called responsible over it. It was created for him. 
and it had everything inside of it that was necessary to reproduce of its kind. Reproduce of its kind. All the goodness. He saw it all. It's all good. Now, let me put somebody in charge of it. Authority is established for that reason. You have been given authority because this earth belongs to you. God said, yes, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein. But he said, let them run it. So he then becomes the king of kings. He becomes the Lord of lords. And he establishes something. So many times we're asking for permission when God is saying take authority. And this is what our friend Satan, our serpent, was banking on. So he has this conversation with Eve. He's checking her. She didn't check him. He's having the conversation. She didn't put him in his place. First wrong thing. Fear is having a conversation with us. Are we putting fear in its place? Bills are having a conversation with us. Are we putting bills in its place? Relationships are having a conversation with us. Are we putting relationships in their place? Are we bringing to order with the authority that God has given us the things that he told us to do? Are we being steward over the things of God in that context in the way that he established it? Or are we letting the system control us? Are we a victim? Because Psalms 103 said, what does he do to the victim? What does he give back to the victim? He puts them back on his feet. What is feet? How do you stand? How do you have authority over a circumstance or situation? A victim would be somebody who would be knocked down. But when you have the ability to stand firm, it's because God said, I give you an established covenant with me that you're like me. And because of that, you will stand on things that were supposed to previously victimize you. And this is the the evidence of God in your life. It is the fact that you can stand on your own two feet and believe him without shaking, without trembling, without cowering down to the things that you're faced with. Because fear is not even real. All right, let's go to, I made a statement, let me follow it up. Fear isn't real. Fear is comparative to a shadow. Let's go to Psalms 23. Everybody knows 23rd Psalm. You might not even have to go there. You heard the song and everything, you know it by heart. Lord is my shepherd. All right, so now. David says something real interesting here. And let me see what verse, what verse. Make sure I got it right. 
So in Psalm 23, David says that, where is it? 23. He says in verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And then he explains what the valley of the shadow of death is. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now, we read the definition of fear. It's a strong emotion, and it's an emotion that has an intention or a thought process of something that's going to happen that's going to be bad or evil, ill will. And the fear grips us because we have this emotion that things are going to go wrong, right? Now, David says, right here, he compares fear to a shadow. He's talking about being in a valley. So picture yourself in a valley, right? In a valley, you got two mountains on each side or two hills on each side, right? So in the valley, because of the height of the hills or the mountains, the light can't necessarily get down in their goods, right? So you have the shadow on both sides, right? So the shadows are cast, and he's saying, I'm walking through this space. I'm walking through this valley, right? Can you see yourself walking through that valley? Some of you are walking through valleys, and you got mountains of bills on this side. You got mountains of problems on this side. You got mountains of kid issues on this side. You got your own history on that side. And it's casting all of these shadows. All of these fears are being cast. And he says, even with all of those things piled up, I'm not going to fear any evil. But then he tells you why. <laughs> so then he says, I will not. I will not fear any evil, for thou art with me. Okay? Now, I don't know about you. I'll tell you a story about me. But as a child, there was a, a point in time where I was kind of afraid of the dark. Anybody else been there as a child, maybe? You don't have to tell me if you've been there. It's okay. But I was. I was kind of afraid of the dark. Some, you know, little boy. So I remember I slept over with my cousins. And uh, when, when I went to sleep over at my cousin's house, I was in a new place, new environment. And we're going in the room. We plan. Everything is fine. Everybody's having a good time. But then Auntie reach in there and say, hey, bedtime. Lights out. So the lights have to go out. Everybody has to go to their respective spaces. You know, a little cot if you got a cot on the floor, a little thing on the bed, whatever. So I'm laying on the bed. Wind's blowing. Old house, they open the window a little bit. Wind's blowing. Wind's blowing. Kind of hear the sounds. A little eerie, you know. I'm afraid, I'm a little kid. So I'm looking around like, all right now, wait a minute. What's going on? So then, you know, when it's dark, when it's not really light, when it's not really light out, you can't really make a good, clear, your eyes don't seem to focus well. You can't really picture something because light actually helps you to see things. You'll get there. We'll get there in a minute. So you can't really see things real clear. So as a, as a child, while I was sitting in this darkness, 
my eyes were trying to focus on something and I looked in the corner and I saw this figure and immediately my heart started beating fast and I sat up in the bed and I said, hey, auntie, auntie, somebody in here. And I pointed to the corner of the room and you know, because my eyes hadn't adjusted. I'm just still seeing this dark. Now, now this is the same room. Ain't nothing changed. Everybody's in the same room. We all laying down. It's bedtime. The only thing that happened was the light went out. And since that light went out, now my mind is playing tricks on me. Come on, Bushwick. Where's Pastor Bushwick Bill when you need him? My mind is playing tricks on me and I'm seeing things that's not there. And so I say, hey, Auntie, come in here. Something in the corner. She scrambles in. Boy, what is wrong with you? Aunt Evelyn flips the light on. And this figure that was in the corner, now that my eyes can focus, I see it is a chair with a pile of clothes. Isn't it funny how without light, we don't seem to see fear for what it really is. Because fear can hide in the shadows and it can make something that is not really there seem to be real to you. And in the same way, the enemy is playing with us and the agent of fear has been released in our lives to make us believe in the darkness that what's there is something real when in fact if you turn the light on you'll see that that is just a pile of clothes sitting on a chair in the corner of the room the reason why we need to have a relationship with our word it's because God says that the word is the light. David, the same guy, said, you are my light and my salvation. And then here comes this word again. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? God is trying to shake you up so that you can realize that as long as he is with you, as long as light is with you, as long as there is an ability to see things clearly, don't let the shadow of fear trick you into believing that now is time for death because he didn't say he was afraid of death he said it was the shadow of death it, it really 
wasn't going to be the end for him. It was just a figment of his imagination cast because he had some opposition on each side and he could not see the light source clearly. But then he said, I had to wait a minute. I had to shake myself because I refuse to be afraid when I know that I have the light. So fear. Here we go. We see now that fear isn't real. So let's talk about what is real. Let's go to Hebrews. Because it would be it would be such a bad thing for me to talk about fear and how it's the shadow and not talk about what is real. So let's go to the 11th chapter of Hebrews. And let's see what is real. Since now we have disproven the fact that fear is actually real. It's a shadow. It has no substance. How many of you have been punched by a shadow? I wait. How many of you have been tripped by a shadow? Has a shadow ever touched you? It has no substance. It's a shadow. At the end of the day, the only thing that makes a shadow even visible is the actual object that's casting light off of it. I ain't even going to go there. I'm, I'm not even going to go there. Because, because the light source is coming at it at a way. It's too far away from you. So because the light source is too far away, help me Holy Ghost, because the light source is a little far away, it seems like this thing here has a casted big picture that is just shot up on the wall. Have you ever walked down the street and seen a shadow of somebody walking up to you and that shadow was all large and huge and if you let yourself go you might get scared who is coming but you know it could be a little kid but because the light is casting so far away you can't tell the size of the actual figure and the issue is your bill why it looks like it's huge it's just because the light is far away your relationship issue. The reason why it looks so large and out of place is because the light is too far away. But if you bring that light source a little bit closer, then that shadow will diminish. Have you walked up on light and then looked for your shadow? It's hard to find a shadow when you're sitting right in the light. You're looking for the shadow and you know where the shadow goes whenever you're right under a light source? It goes under your feet. Because what God wants to do is he wants to put you established on top of the same thing that would make you afraid. So now, we've got the shadow. We've established that it's a shadow. It's not real. It can't do nothing to me. And if I get in the right position under the light, 
then it's going to get under my feet. Guess what? You didn't have to do nothing to move that shadow. You didn't have to do anything to move that shadow. The only thing you had to do was position the light in the right position. And the light itself decided to make something that was large and out of control and bring it up under these two little feet. So if you want something to come under your size tens, you better get under the light. So we have the shadow. Now Hebrews 11, we're going to talk about a real substance now. Because we understand now that the light is a figment of our imagination. It's not real. But here's what is real. So the scripture says, Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Let's go to it. Familiar text. Most people know it by heart. We're going to have a little intimacy here with our Bible. 11 and 1. Anybody, shout it out. Read it out. Oh, wait a minute. So it says, now faith is the substance. So now fear can't touch. But faith is a substance. Now I'm going to do some simple word definitions make some word pictures for us here and we're going to break this down now faith is the substance let's break substance up sub anybody knows a sub means under stance anybody knows a stance means a position where you're locked in, a position of support. Now, let's put the two back together. A position of support that is under. Stay with me. It's the substance. Let's say that this table is faith. And let's say, now I'm putting something on top. Of faith. It's the substance of things, tangible things, hoped for. We'll let my paper here, my papers, that'll symbolize things hoped for. My Bible, my words, my notes. These are things hoped for. The word hope means positive imagination. Positive imagination. Now, I'm not just talking about conceptualizing yourself to a certain place, but I'm talking about the real 
positive imagination. Humans, we see things in pictures. We do. That's why light is important for us to visualize things. I can take you through the scientific method, but it would make any sense. You see when the light flips on, you see things. Your mind begins to interpret what the light beams, the light rays, it reflects off of the thing. And now that's how you get an image. So, you have an image, imagination. There is an image that needs to come through so that you can see clearly. And the issue is, the word of God then, we just discussed, is the light. Without light, you cannot see images. A person that is blind has the eyes, but they do not operate correctly to interpret light. So without light, we don't have images. Without the word, we don't have hope. Somebody said, I got a faith problem. Pastor, pray for me to get more faith. The faith looks fine. Your issue is not faith. Your issue is images of things hoped for. Your issue is word. The reason why you can't see yourself blessed is because you're not taking a look at the images. The light isn't fixing in your mind to a place to give you a clear view of what you should actually hope for. So why you mad at your ex for what they did to you and you so focused on that ex and how they messed you over, you in not taking the time to go to the light source and see what God says about you so that you can get something to hope for that will take care of this faith that is supporting it. How simple is that? You don't believe me? Okay, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. So, without going there, I'll tell you this. Romans chapter 12 talks about God giving to every man. Now, here's a key word in the King James, and I love, I love King Jimmy. It says, the measure of faith. It didn't say a measure of faith. It said the measure of faith. Why is that important, Pastor? It's important because if I let somebody else tell me, then I got one measure and you got a different measure. So because my measure is big enough to hold this stuff, I can operate in faith. So because you see me on the stage, 
you might believe that I'm operating in all of this faith and you might be sitting back there jealous talking about why can't I seem to get things to come together for me why is it that I'm always in a situation where I'm fighting and struggling with sickness and disease and poverty and all of these curses that I know are not of God? Well, maybe it's because I don't have enough faith. So what I'm going to do is go to pastor and get pastor to lay hands on me to impart to me his faith. But you don't need that because Romans chapter 12 says that he gave you the measure of faith. It says that he dealt unto every man. Can you see the car dealer at the table? Just imagine that you are sitting out there and it's Blackjack 21. I know you don't gamble for real, but let's just play with it for a little while. And you're sitting out there and the dealer is tossing out these cards. He dealt unto every man. If you come and get a seat, you get a card. If you are in the game, you get a card. If you come up and sit down, you get a card. He didn't say, I'm giving you this and I'm giving you that and you can't play he gave unto every man he dealt unto every man the measure of faith imagination so the problem then is not the faith there was a there was a parable because some of y'all still don't believe me it was, it was a situation, not even a parable. It was real life. Jesus said to the disciples, he was, he was coming back off of the Mount of Transfiguration. He had just done these mighty great works, right? And he was coming down off of this mountain. And there was this little boy down there and his dad. And there was a whole bunch of scribes around. And scribes were the people who jotted down the, lit, the, 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 the word of the day. And they knew the word. They were legal. You know, they, they knew everything about it. And they were sitting down there with the disciples. Now, here Jesus and his three strong ones, you know, John and the boys. Yeah, they up there. And they coming back down off of the mountain. And here's the scene. All these scribes, and they around there. And they looking, and they, they, they just inspecting everything. And while they're inspecting, the dad is telling the disciples to heal the son. And the son is just flipping. He's having seizures and he's flipping all over the place and the scene is becoming more and more increasingly uh, uh, important because everybody keeps coming up to see what's happening and now it looks like it's going to be a problem because the people who name the name of the Lord are having a problem fighting simple things and now these demons that they used to chase out is chasing them and it's just flipping them around and doing everything it wants to and Jesus comes down and sees the scene he interjects he immediately addresses the circumstance. He sees more people coming and he says, before unbelief gets cast up, let me cast this thing out. And he gets it out of there. Long story short, he agrees with the father. They agree. Out of the agreement, the boy's healed. Boy gets up. Boy goes on. Later that day, disciples confused. We fought with that thing for a long time. Why did we fight so long with that thing? I seen him do it before. He showed me how to do it. I said what he said. He said go to the pits of hell 
and I said go to the pits of hell. It didn't listen to me. What happened? So now they said, Jesus, what's wrong with our faith? Give me more faith. Jesus, a little bit irritated, looks at them. How long do I have to be here and suffer this ignorance? Frustrated Jesus. How crazy can you be? How dumb can you be and still breathe? Y'all are sitting up here stressed out and talking about faith. Ah! Silly cells. It's not your faith. If you have faith but the size of a mustard seed. You can say to this mountain, be ye removed, cast into the sea, and it will obey you, and it will cast itself into the sea. Nothing will be impossible to him that believeth. The issue is not the size of your faith. The issue is the amount of imagination that you are illuminating your eyes with to see shadows for shadows and faith for faith and real for real and fake for fake. The issue is not how much stuff is going on in your life. That is really not the issue. The issue is how much image how much word are you exposing yourself to? The issue is not the problem, it's the light source. How much light are you exposing to the issue that you have? If you can just take the issue and put it in front of the light, you would see that it's really not that big of a deal. And while you are losing sleep, and crying and frustrated and angry, which are all emotions that stem from fear. The anger from fear. Men, we're good for this. Because when I don't like something, I respond in anger. Why am I mad? Because I'm afraid. I'm afraid of suffering loss. And because I am fearful, I get angry. Who's going to do that to me? Not my stuff. Give me my stuff. Anger. Frustration. I'm just so agitated about this thing. It seems like it just won't ever go away. I go back to the doctor. And they still tell me that I have to do more tests. And every time I come back thinking that this thing has gone in remission, it continues to come back. What is going on? I'm just frustrated with this whole thing. Well, why are you frustrated? You're frustrated because you're afraid. You're afraid that what God's word or light said isn't true. But God's light is true. So if you would take your cancer and you would put it in front of the light and you would see that the light said by his stripes I am healed and then you could see it clearly if you could see whose report will you believe so if you take that doctor 
doctor's report and you put it beside the light source and then you say whose report shall you believe oh I'm going to believe the report of the Lord because his word said with long life will he satisfy me I don't have a death threat on me they can't kill me because I have life the issue is not what you're facing stop getting it twisted I know they told you you would never amount to nothing but stop being afraid and insecure and build yourself up on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit so that you can be bathed in the love of God and recognize that if he be for me he is more than the whole world against me greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world I'm telling you something I have been convinced and persuaded to believe that everything that I need in this life is going to be provided through an illumination of the word fall in love with the light and you don't have to worry about the fear. The shadow of fear can't destroy you. It can't torment you. Because see, what happens, all the anxiety or a panic attack is, it's your body taking what your mind images are producing and making them real to you physically. The only thing that stressful situations do to you and you find yourself tired and tense and uptight and sick because that's how sickness comes. It comes through you not paying attention to the light source. So you start thinking that this stuff is normal. See, somebody told you that it was normal to be that way. Ah, just accept it. Ah, God don't heal everybody. Ah, God don't deliver everybody. Come on, let's make it safe. God don't prosper everybody. Come on, don't worry about that. Everybody don't have that. Everybody can't have that. But the light will tell you what I do for one, I do for all. I am no respecter of person. I will do all things. I will do even exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or even imagine. You better get your lights working and flip them switches on so that you can start applying these things and seeing the abundance come faith will do the work flip the switch faith will do what it's there to do it's gonna hold up your imaginations just flip the switch stop fussing about where you are and flip the switch stop complaining about your circumstance and flip the switch how dare you sit in a house that the light bill is paid for in the dark and got a nerve with a straight face to get mad when you stub your toe
what you mad about, dog? Flip the switch. We sit in the grocery store and starve to death. How is that? Eat. Take the imaginations and just put them on faith. Could you pull that scripture back up for me? I'm going to do the B part and I'm out. Pull that scripture back up for us. Yes, thank you. Okay. We talked about the switch. But it's the evidence of things not seen. It's the proof. See, somebody thought that faith was this imaginary thing with fairy dust. Yeah, you thought that you just had to, you know, bewitched. Blink, this might be too old for y'all. Okay. You know, you thought that all you had to do was, there's no place like home. And everything would just, that's not faith. Faith is proof. It is established. It is proof. Of things not seen. You are sitting on right now a faith. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Listen to the testimony. You are sitting in faith. You are hearing me through faith. Right now. Right now. So what wasn't seen is seen. What wasn't heard is heard. For I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither had it entered into the heart of man. The things, 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 substance, the things. What I had not seen, nor ear heard, neither had entered into the human heart. The things. That God has in store for them that love him. Not finished yet. But it has been revealed. Light. It has been revealed to us by my spirit. Isn't it funny that in the beginning before God created he sent something to hover over the face of the waters. Isn't it amazing that before he said, let there be light, there was a spirit that hovered, brooded like a chick over a nest, over the face of the waters. Before light, there was God. But God said, let there be light. Revelation is nothing but flipping the switch. How do you get to manifest what you believe? Revelation, flip the switch. We're sitting in it. 
Ask them how they did it. Listen to the testimony. Did you build this place? didn't build it evidence proof of what wasn't seen that now we stand in proof God is not a respecter of persons we just talked about their faith ain't no different from our faith. But what will you imagine? Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to prove what you imagine. It's going to prove what you imagine. The issue is not the things. The issue is the imagination. What will you imagine homework consistent homework until Christ comes do this imagine what God says about you the cure for the sickness of fear is a healthy imagination If you do not receive, it's because you did not imagine. Faith does what it does. Pastor Jay, all in my message, said this morning that it was the faith of God. You got it on loan. It's not your faith. It is the faith of God. See, you might be limited, but God is not. He gave you his tools. So if you do not have it, you did not imagine it. The faith is sure. The light is sure. Everything that you need is sure. What's in you is sure. How do I work this? I was made in the image of God. was made in the image how do I do this I was made but what next I was made Ezekiel said I know this for a track to run on and step out step out on the sure foundation of faith stop looking for steps to fall in and make your own trail stop hiding 
naked. Why are you hiding? Step out. This whole world was made for you. Who told you to sit back? Who told you to shrink back? Who told you not to stretch your muscles? Who told you to sit back and just take life as if you are just a spectator in this thing? You are a player. Let the spectators talk and you play the game. impossible to please God but you have faith you are pleasing to God stop letting your condemnation keep you in a prison stop letting your past mistakes dictate your future stop letting your shortcomings and your faults mandate what you do next you step out on faith the tail I told you you were above only and not beneath I told you that a bank can't supply what you need you are the lender and not the borrower who told you you were naked say not that I am a young man I can't do these things the devil is a liar I called you a prophet, Jeremiah. You're a prophet to the nations. Who told you you were naked? Stop letting fear tell you things. Stop letting fear talk to you in the dark works of shadows. Turn on some light stand on faith put imagination on the substance of faith and you will get your proof you're looking for proof you want to see proof you want to see cancers healed you want to see proof you want to see miracles you want to see proof put your imagination from the word of God onto your faith onboard it and you'll see it you'll see it you'll see blinded eyes open you'll see the dead raised you'll see ears that were deaf here because God's word will do it there is not a problem with the issue what is impossible to God not a circumstance that you can have 
that was built that can stand against God. God is absolute. He is absolute. The light is absolute. Stop giving your problems legs. wondering why they're walking all over you because your mouth continues to communicate your own problem over and over and over again what you need to do is say okay I'm being real this is a circumstance but let me pull this circumstance into the light God what did your word say about my circumstance oh that's what your word says and then apply the word to the circumstance and if you put the word on the circumstance it will do what it needs to do and you will have the evidence what wasn't seen will become seen it's true we're standing in it we're seated seated in it right now you have no excuse you see it you're comforted by it right now you're fed by it. How? Faith. Praise God. Homework forever. Forever. Simple, simple homework. But you have to be repetitious. You have to be aggressive. You can't sit back and wait for these things to fall out to you. You got to go after them. The Bible says if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled. You have to go out. You have to go after it. The word of the Lord came through pastor earlier today. And he said, I fill up things for reasons. You all asking me to fill you up. What's the purpose? What's the purpose of me filling you up? Will you overflow? Will you overflow? Will you overflow? I don't just fill up stuff for no reason. There's got to be a reason behind it. Come seek me. With your whole heart. Stand up. Stand up in your seat right now. Stand up in your seat right now. Hallelujah. Right now in the name of Jesus. Right now. You said you wanted a move. That's what you said. You said you wanted a move. You wanted substance. You said it. You said you wanted substance. You wanted evidence. You asked for it right now by choice this is your opportunity this is your opportunity this is your opportunity and I'm not promising you anything of myself I'm not promising you anything from me or from anybody else in here I'm promising you that what the word says is true I'm promising you that what the Bible says is accurate I'm promising you that you have the tools right now here's where things shift if you want to see the shift right now this is what you need to do make a decision make a decision if you want 
what you said you want then do what he said do right now you don't need hands laid on you you need to imagine Father God right now in the name of Jesus everybody that's standing here everybody that's hearing my voice right now in your holy name I pray right now that the shackles of our limitations that we have set in our own mind that we reject right now in the name of Jesus if you agree say I agree in my heart agree 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 out of your mouth if you agree I will no longer allow my own limitations to prevent me from having what you promised I will not limit you I repent for limiting you we limited the Holy One of Israel how we said that they are greater than us right now I repent for limiting you and going forward I will accept what you have given to me it don't take a lot of jumping it don't take a lot of shaking it only takes a decision it doesn't take a lot of anything the Bible says we're two gathered together in agreement that the Lord is in the midst of them and he will do what you said he didn't say that I will make you do it but he said I need you to agree God's word to you today right now today if you've never heard it before if I never come and give you a personal prophecy if the pastor never lays hands on you the word of God to you is yes and amen to the glory of God you've been asking for permission he said permission granted right now right now you want proof imagine imagine hallelujah let me see you, you can stay stay on your feet there's nothing more so Father I bless your people we thank you for the word that's been poured out to us Lord cause your face to shine upon them and may we take what we have been instructed in and put fear in its proper place within our life which is under our feet may that be our portion in Jesus name somebody shout amen you're dismissed we love you we will see you next week Hallelujah. See you soon.